0: Somebody else? Something on your heart? Anything? If not, I'm going to ask you to turn to First um, Kings, the 17th chapter. And I'll go ahead and tell you up front, I, I need your prayers today. It's, uh, in many ways, it's just been a hard, hard week. And, and I desperately, desperately need your prayers today. Again, good to see this number with us today. I appreciate that. We were talking in Sunday school and um, uh, the thought is, and, and I agreed with it, um, COVID is just, just about going to finish off some of our churches. Um, and Brother Randy's been out preaching and I'm thankful for that, but he's been in places where three or four are gathered. And, uh, and boy, that's sad. We need to pray one for another. And so um, it's, uh, they, you know, a lot of places had attendance problems before, but the reality of it is, after COVID, people got out of the habit of going, and, and a lot of them, and maybe some here, just haven't came back. And, uh, and so we need to be prayerful for them. It's, Satan can use anything to his advantage. And, um, and I believe he has absolutely used this to um, propagate the destruction in his mind of some of the Lord's churches. But I am glad there are still still a faithful number uh, that, that serve the Lord. and that, um, but, but I can't imagine being in a church. I've been in some churches with single digits several times and it's, it's a sad thing. But just remember one another. Remember these churches. Remember me this morning. Uh, 1 Kings 17 says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zodan, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruse." And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the crews of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah." Here we have the uh, first mention of Elijah, and I don't know how far we're going to travel in Elijah's path today, but, but here's where it began. And he, uh, he just comes out of nowhere, and uh, he's, he's compared to John the Baptist, they dressed alike, they looked alike, uh, and, and they both just appeared on the scene one day. And, uh, and and at this time, Ahab was king of Israel. And the Bible says he did worse than any king that stood before him. And a large part of that was because he married Jezebel. And Jezebel turned Ahab's heart against the God of Israel and turned him unto Baal. And Baal was a fertility god, but Baal was also the the God of the climate. In other words, they believed He controlled the wind and the, and the rain and the dew. And, uh, and so she had Ahab's heart turned and, and Israel started to go after and worship the gods of Baal. And uh, and, and quite honestly, let me just park there and I'll just throw this in. It really has nothing to do with that. But, but, but we have got to about that point and, and God has created the heavens and the earth. And, uh, and in our day and time, we, uh, in my opinion, and you might not see it this way, but uh, but but this is how I see it: we uh, we have got so arrogant in our thinking uh, that we're going to help God to take care of the earth that He created. And so, and Brother Randy mentioned this a, uh, a few Sundays ago about the uh, about the climate initiative. Now, don't get me wrong, we. Uh, we have been entrusted with this earth. And, and man has dominion. Uh, he gave Adam dominion over it all. Uh, uh, and so uh, we need to leave it better than we found it. Nobody wants pollution everywhere. Nobody wants to not be able to see the sky like it is. and. Some places in China and in Russia, due to the uh, due to the uh, uh, pollution that's going up, nobody wants that. But uh, but but in our arrogance, we have uh, we have a spirit of the age that has begun to come up in this land and in this country and all over the world. And and by the way, if you've watched the news the last few days, the United States, uh, what Brother Randy preached about a few Sundays ago, and what I've stood and told you about the Great Reset. Uh, This past week, the United States has partnered with the World Economic Forum. And, and you can take that for what it's worth and and you may not like me saying that. I'm just trying to warn you of the spirit of the age of arrogance. And and, and, and I firmly believe that God that created the heaven and the earth is capable of heating it and cooling it according to the dictates of His will. And uh, and so we need to do our best to take care of things and, and be good stewards. but, but I'm afraid it's our arrogance that we're trying to help God to take care of his creation. I just thought I'd throw that in because that's what Baal was. He was a climate god. That's. And so it was the arrogance of Israel uh, that turned against the God of heaven and turned unto the God of Baal. Uh, but but uh, Elijah came out of nowhere, just came on the scene. And I mean to tell you today, times throughout history, uh, God has brought men and women out of seemingly nowhere into positions And in this day and time, I believe God is calling men willing to stand up for the truth under the living God and to point out those that are sinful and going after other gods. And so God raised up uh, this Tishbite named Elijah. Uh, We don't know anything about him. We don't, we know he came from Gilead across where the two and a half tribes had settled on the other side of the Jordan, but we don't know anything about his parentage or his lineage. Uh, He just sort of shows up one day on the scene. And boy, if there was ever a time uh, that men need to just stand up, it's today. It's the day in which you live when sin is so rampant in our culture and we have begun to go after the gods of the climate and the gods of the earth, and the gods of the sea. And it's our arrogance that will be our downfall. Now we were talking in Sunday school, uh, does God need our help to save a sinner? And the ultimate answer is no. He doesn't need our help. God will save a sinner on the basis of what He has done. Uh, But what God does do from time to time is He allows His church Uh, to participate in the glory uh, that happens when God saves His soul and saves sinners. And the church uh, can be willing participants. And and so we have a message as the church of the living God in 2021 uh, that in the midst of pandemics and in the midst of everything that's going on about us, uh, that doesn't let us off the hook from preaching uh, the truth of the Word of God. And Elijah had great faith And we see Elijah go up to Ahab and say, you might think that Baal brings the rain. You might think that Baal brings the dew. Uh, But he said, let me tell you, uh, standing before a king of Israel, uh, this Tishbite said, uh, there will not be rain uh, from heaven nor dew from the earth uh, for these years except it be... At my word, how we learn in the book of James that Elijah uh, was a uh, was a man like we are subject to the same passions. Uh, but he prayed earnestly. Uh, that's the faith that he had. The Bible said he prayed earnestly uh, that it would not rain. And it rained not for three and a half years. And uh, Now my friends, after three and a half years of no rain and no dew, uh, people begin to be wanting. Uh, God was trying to grab their attention. I've got news for you that it brings me no pleasure to say, uh, but you we are going to see empty shelves. You wouldn't believe the medicine that we can't even get at pharmacies right now. I mean, there are pains coming. Uh, We are, I believe, going through uh, the birth pains that if we don't change our course, uh, we'll usher in the tribulation at some point in time. Uh, But my friend Ahab said it's not going to rain except it be by my word. And he said, I can tell you this because of the living God whom before I stand. and So Elijah standing before the living God and Ahab and all of Israel were standing after Baal and after Jezebel and the paganistic gods of the land. And let me go back and say again there is a spirit of the age There is a New Age movement that's going on. You might say, Preacher, what in the world are you talking about? I was talking to Michelle the other day. The average American and the average Christian has no idea that there is an occult world out there and people are heading by the droves into the occult worship. You might say, Preacher, I just don't see that. I'm telling you, it's the spirit of the age and they are going after its full force. And so in this day and hour, we need to do everything we can to stand against it. But God told Elijah to go get down by the brook. And He said, drink of the water of that brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And Elijah went away. And uh, and part of me doesn't uh, wonder is that uh, it probably uh, it probably wasn't ideal in Elijah's mind. He probably wanted to go out and preach and prophecy. Uh, but God hid him away for a time. Uh, there is a time uh, to uh, uh, to just take your rest in God. Uh, for God knows the journey that lies ahead for you and he said unto Elijah go and dwell by this brook and so Elijah did and as Elijah dwelt there he drank of the water of that brook and the Bible says morning and night uh, God used ravens you think uh, that God doesn't control everything I mean to tell you even the animal world is subject unto the Lord God of hosts how the living God, how we saw that with Jonah and the great fish, how we saw that with the dove and with Noah. Here we saw that with the donkey and Balaam, how when God made the donkey to talk, and here we see God commanded the ravens, unclean birds, to bring Elijah bread and flesh morning and night. What a, what a remarkable God it is that we serve today. Sometimes deliverance comes out of the places you would never expect to find it. But there Elijah is. And for around a year or so, he drank of the brook and he ate the bread and the flesh from the raven's morning and night. But then there came the time when because there was no rain, the brook dried up. And he had to be thinking, what now? What now? There is no rain? Uh, What now, Lord? And God said... Uh, get deep down to, and uh, it was later changed to Zarephath, uh, but here's Zarephath. Get down to that city. It was a pagan city. You might think surely God had had a wealthy man there uh, to sustain His prophet uh, that stood up for Him in front of the King of Israel. Uh, but sometimes God chooses uh, to use the weaker vessel. And so God had said, uh, there's a widow woman there. Uh, Jesus told His disciples. There were many widows in the days of Elijah, but but only to one uh, did God save by this means. And and Elijah came down into the city, and what a blessing it must have been. He didn't know what she looked like. He didn't even know where to find her. And and as a matter of fact, uh, God had not even, I don't think, revealed it to this woman yet. Uh, that he was sending Elijah. Uh, But you see how God made everything come down uh, to the very meeting place. Elijah came at the same time this widow came and she was just gathering sticks. I can imagine the tears rolling down her cheek uh, for she had a a son at home and she had no food. And Elijah said, bring me just a little bit of water. Uh, If you don't care, would you bring me just a little water? And God had revealed to Elijah this is the widow. And so Elijah said, while you're going to bring me water, uh, would you just bring me a little morsel? That's all that he asked for, just a little morsel of bread in that hand. And she said, I can't do that. The water, I can get you. But she said, I don't have anything at home except just a little bit of meal which was flour. Just a handful of flour in a jar. And just a little bit of oil in a cruise. That's all I've got. And I'm going to go and gather sticks now. And I'm going to go back to my house and I'm going to cook the last meal my son and myself will ever eat. And as the tears rolled down her face, And she began to say, I I think within herself, I wish I had food for you. uh, But me and my son are going to eat this and die. You might think you've seen hunger in this land. We've never seen hunger in my lifetime uh, in America like this. Uh, But my friend, don't kid yourself and think it couldn't come to our shore. It can come here just just as sure as it came there. Uh, Why do you say that, preacher? Uh, Because we have turned against the God of heaven and have taken on the spirit of the age. That's why it should happen here. And my friend Elijah said, Go and do as thou hast said, but first bring me just a little cake first. Just a little cake first. And he said, Afterwards then thou shalt go and dress and fence for thee and thy son. And he said, God has revealed to me uh, that, that, uh, that that handful of meal, that handful of flour shall not waste. And that little bit of oil that you got, it shall not dry up until the day that God sends rain upon the land. And I thought about the faith of Elijah as he said that. As the words came out of his mouth, uh, surely he knew uh, that according to the process of time, the brook dried up. God didn't make water reappear in the brook. But as He said those words, He had full assurance that that oil and that flower would be there to sustain. I'm telling you today, I said this week's been hard. Let me go further. This year's been hard. There's not one day that I've faced that I've not went back to the old barrel and found it every bit empty. I mean, I've always found enough grace to get through from day to day in my life. And boy, I'm thankful for that. And I can imagine this woman every morning and evening and night she would go and, and scrape the bottom. I don't think that... I don't think that God filled up the jar, but I think that every time she went back, there was just enough there to make just one more meal. Just one more meal. And my friends, God did that for two years for her and Elijah and her son. You might say, Preacher, where are you going with this? I want to encourage you today, uh, you that are going through tribulations, uh, you that are going through trials, uh, you that feel alone in your struggle. I know what that's like, uh, but I want to assure you, every day I've went back and I've not found it to the full, uh, but I've scraped the bottom of that barrel and I've always found God to be faithful enough to feed me one more day, I mean when you want to feed on the manna, uh, the living bread that cometh down from above, uh, my friend, go to the storehouse of God, and go to the house of God, and go to the Word of God, and go down before your face before God, and He will show you and sustain you uh, just the way that He did Elijah. And then this woman's son fell sick and he died. And Elijah said, Lord, have you just get, have you sent me here? Have you delivered us just so this child could die? And Elijah brought the child back to life. And after that, the widow woman said, Now I know that thou art a prophet of God. Elijah then went out to meet Ahab. About three years had passed. About three years had passed since he had saw him last, but he went out to meet him again. He went out to meet Ahab and he met Obadiah. And Obadiah was a man that feared God, that hid the prophets from Jezebel. He hid and fed a hundred prophets from Jezebel where she was having the prophets of God killed. Obadiah gathered them up and, and Obadiah met Elijah. And Elijah said, go and tell your master Ahab. I want to see him, and I want to talk to him. And Obadiah said, he'll kill me. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is liable to carry you away from here. And when He takes not find you, He said, there's not a place, there's not a country or a nation where He's not sought you. In other words... Ahab had been seeking Elijah uh, to kill Elijah, but he couldn't find Elijah because God had hid Elijah away in a widow woman's house. The one place he would have never thought to look is where God, uh, God restored and, and protected his prophet. And so Obadiah met, met, uh, met Elijah and uh, Obadiah went to go get Ahab. And Ahab came on the scene and Ahab said unto Elijah, Are you the one that troubles Israel? And Elijah again before the king of Israel, this holy man of God with holy boldness, he said, King, it's not me that troubles Israel, but he said, It's you. And he said, it's because you have went to the worship of Baal and you've married Jezebel and you've turned this whole nation against me. It's not me that's troubling Israel. But he said, it's you. He said, gather the prophets of Baal 450 up on the Mount Carmel. And uh, he said, I'll go myself as a prophet of the Lord. I don't know how far we're going to get into this. Uh, but they were gathered there. Uh, There were three classes of people, and I've preached this to you before. There were the 450 prophets of Baal. There was Elijah, the servant of God. But the vast majority there were undecided. You heard that right. They were worshiping God, and they were worshiping Baal. They both had an equal place in their lives and in their hearts, I, I, I'm beginning to worry that, that 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 is happening in the midst of our church. That we've got a little bit of godliness in us and then we've got a little bit of worldliness in us. And God said to Ahab to Elijah and through the, through the uh, to the people that was there, He said, How long halt you between two opinions? And so I would say that to you today. How long do you halt between two opinions? He said, if Jehovah is God, then serve Him. But if Baal is God, then serve Him. But He said, you can't do both. And there are many many people across the land that's trying to do both. Uh, America is at a crossroads uh, let me throw this in real quick because uh, what we're doing is clearly not working. If you, We're going to have to make a decision uh, if you want to be a capitalist nation or a communist nation. It can't be both. But right now we've got a little bit of both mingled in and it's not working. And, uh, and it's not just this president. I don't want you to think I'm harping on one. Did you know from the year two th- in the year 2000, 2,000, 21 years ago, our debt was $5 trillion, $5 trillion. Since that time, we've had two Republicans and two Democrats in the White House. Now it's at $30 trillion. So the first 225 years of our existence, we uh, we amassed $5 trillion in debt. And the last 20 years, we've amassed $25 Trillion dollars in debt. Preacher, what does that have to do with this? I mean to tell you that we are enslaving our children. And we're going to have to make a stand and make a choice. Choose one way or the other. And sinner friend, that's what God is directing you today. Some of you sit in this house Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. How many sermons do you want? How many opportunities do you need? You're going to have to make a choice. If you want nothing to do with God, then run headlong into the world full of sin and never turn back and never think of Jesus, never think of the cross. But if you want salvation, you come to Him in faith and in repentance. My friend, you're going to have to make a choice because Christ, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, what happens is you tend to get colder and more indifferent and to the Spirit's call. Sunday after Sunday, you sit there and uh, there's no motivation for you. Hell doesn't bother you. Hell doesn't scare you. Eternal judgment doesn't scare you. Standing before a holy God doesn't seem to bother you. So God is calling upon you. Make your choice and stand in that choice. And that's the same way for the man of God or the woman of God. If, if Jehovah, if the One that saved you, if He is really God, then my friend, I take that one foot out of the world and plant it firmly in the house of God. Because what we're doing is not working. Preacher, why ain't people getting saved? Because of the Spirit of the age. Because of the spirit of the age. Uh, Let me say that again. It's the spirit of the age. And it's a spirit of unbelief. It's a spirit of works. And it's dead works. It's a spirit of will worship. It's a spirit of going after the love of money. It's a spirit of going after the goods and the things and the stuff. It's the spirit of coming into this house with really no intention to worship God, but just to take your seat and let the man of God preach and the man of God sing and the women play the instruments and God is not being praised. I'm telling you, pat your foot one way or the other. Because what we've got now, what we've got now in most of, our, most of our churches is the Spirit of the age. Not the Spirit of God. Not the Spirit that convicts. Not the Spirit that builds up. I said I wanted to encourage you. I'm not trying to discourage you. Elijah said, let's make two altars. And we'll see that God that answers by fire, He is the true God. And He called on the prophets of Baal. And they erected an altar. And the Bible says they chose the bullock, And they laid it upon the altar. And they cried from the time of the morning sacrifice until noon. They cried out for Baal. Oh, Baal! The primitive quartet sings a song about that. Oh, Baal, send down the fire. And they cried and they wept, and they cried to Baal, and there was no answer. And Elijah said, Well, he's a God, and uh, maybe he's took a journey into a far country, or maybe he's asleep and needs to be woke up. And they cried from the time of the noon sacrifice to the time of the evening sacrifice. Now, the Bible says they were jumping on the altar. Now, they had knives and lancets. They were cutting themselves. And the blood was gushing out. And they jumped and they danced and they pleaded and they begged. I'm telling you today, most of worship in our country in America today is nothing but a bunch of noise without God in it. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's right. That's all it was. It was just a bunch of noise. It wasn't the worship of God. The people think, well, if we if we just make enough noise, that'll be considered worship. I, I want to get back to the way the ancients of old done it. We were talking in Sunday school this morning. Even the altar calls was a fairly new thing. They didn't come along till the eighteen hundreds or so. And people were getting saved long before there was a mourner's bench up here. I've not got anything against this. I like it being here. But my friend, I know people personally. If they came in and this bench was not here, they'd say you're too modern for me. I'm telling you what. You read in the Old Testament, Solomon stood up on a great scaffold and he spread forth his hands to heaven and he bowed down his head toward the earth put his face between his knees, hands outstretched, and he began to cry to God dedicating the tabernacle of God. And the Bible said, when Solomon finished, the glory of the Lord filled the house and the priest could not stand to minister. That's the kind of worship he deserves. That's the kind he wants. That's the kind I want to give him. And my friend, they cried and they cut themselves Blood gushed out, and there was not a word. Then Elijah, then Elijah repaired the altar. He took his bullock. He cut it up into pieces. He took 12 stones that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And he built an altar. And he said, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. He said, would you show this people that thou art God? and that I am thy servant. And I've done all of these things at your commandment. And he said, just show the people that you are trying to turn their hearts back to you. And Elijah said, go down to the sea and take four buckets of water and and pour on the offering and on the wood. And they did. And Elijah dug a trench about the altar that would hold about two measures of seed. He said, go and get four more buckets. And they did. And they poured that out upon the altar and upon the wood. He said, do it the third time. And so twelve buckets of seawater was poured out upon the offering, upon the altar, upon the wood, and upon the stones. And Elijah cried out to the true and living God. And the Bible said, Fire fell down from heaven. It consumed the offering. It consumed the altar. It consumed the stones. It consumed the dust. And then it licked up the water that was in the trenches. And the people fell on their face and said, Jehovah, He's God. Jehovah, He's God. I didn't get as far as I wanted to. We may pick back up with that. Sometime in the future. But Elijah, let me just say this. You think the boldness, the holiness that it took, but the next time you find Elijah, do you know where he's at? He's sitting underneath a juniper tree wishing for death because of Jezebel. I said I wanted to encourage you and I still want to encourage you but oftentimes after a great, after a great victory, Satan will come after you harder than he ever has in your life. You listen to me. I know about what I'm speaking. The last year has been the hardest on me. Not one day has gone by. I didn't wrestle with something extraordinary. A spiritual battle. And Paul said, there's a war in my members. The flesh wars against the spirit. And the Spirit against the flesh. But what God told Elijah, pick one or the other. I've made my stand. I've made my stand. Sometimes I still think, Lord, I can't do Your work no more. Sometimes I still fall down under a juniper tree and say, Lord, it's enough now. That's what Elijah said. You might. we live in a culture when, when, when uh, well, let me just not get it we live in a culture where there's a stigma attached to everything. Let me tell you something even the best that the Lord ever had went through times of darkness and trouble. Even the best, most holy men of faith that stood before a king and declared it will not reign even people, men like that, Satan could get to. Don't ever get the pussed up that you think he can't bother you. I'm telling you, it's a spiritual battle and a spiritual war. And there's been times on Saturday nights and on Sunday mornings before I come to the house of God that I think, Lord, I just can't do it. And Lord, you might just have to manifest your way In a strong service, or I don't know if I can even stand today. But I go back to that barrel one more time, and most of the time I can find just a handful, just enough for a little morsel, just a crumb to give you. And I can find a little, just a little bit of meal in the barrel. What was the oil? It's the Holy Ghost. That's what it is. The meal is the Son of God. It's the bread of God. It's the bread of life. It's the manna that fall from the sky. But that oil, it represents the Spirit of God. And I've I've been able most of the time to find enough to get a little ragged message out. And now, it's over. And it'll be empty. And I'll go back to a hard week of wondering if I can do it again. But if it be the Lord's will, A week from this morning, I'll stand and I'll take my little measuring spoon and I'll scrape one more time to the bottom of the barrel. And and Lord willing, I'll find just enough to get through one more. I'm telling you, pray for your pastor, whether it's me or whether... Men of God are under so much pressure right now. So many are getting burnt out. I read something the other day that says something like 60% of pastors are just getting burnt out. Why? Because it's the spirit of the age. Because when we see and think that it makes no difference, that's that's what the devil wants us to, wants me to think. It's the spirit of the age. And it's here among us. But I'm thankful there's a greater Spirit. I'm thankful there is a Holy Spirit. Had somebody tell me this week that this book is the Holy Spirit? It's not. This is the written record of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit wrote that book. Sure. But the Holy Spirit resides outside of this book. He resides in the heart of a believer. He resides across and spans the heaven and the earth, walking about, strengthening, sending angels, strengthening His chosen and convicting them that are lost. How long are you going to halt between two opinions? If this really is the way, if our old-time Baptist way really is the way, then let's see. Then let's see. Let's see us on Sunday night support the man of God. Let's see us in Sunday school support our teachers and the men of God and these ladies who teach your children. These ladies and men who teach your children, they might have in their class right now an Elijah that will come out of nowhere and one day speak boldly in the name of the Lord of hosts. They might be in this place right now that God will lay His hand on and call them to preach the Gospel. I hope they are. I hope. You see, you'll always find people to do it. But Elijah thought he was alone. He said, I'm the only one that's left. And God showed him in a still, small voice, Elijah, the media would have you think you're standing alone in this fight. I said, I want to encourage you. God said, Elijah, I've got 7,000 men who have not bowed down to Baal and have not kissed Him. God has more among us than we know. He's got more among us than when we realize. But it's high time for those who are His to make their choice and to stand on what's right. I look about at what's happening in the world today, and I've told you since the day I started here that times would soon be here that we would have to stand and decide either to do what was easy or to do what was right. I'm looking you square in the eyes today and telling you that time is here. We're either going to take up with the spirit of the age and with Baal and with the climate gods of this world, we're gonna make our stand with the Lord of hosts, before whom I stand. Sinner friend, how long? How many sermons? How many opportunities are you gonna let go before you make your choice? The time has come. It's now time to decide. We need some Elijahs. God bless you. Hermes Message. Come ahead with a song.